So this morning, I'm going to take a little time and unpack uh, some a variety of things, prophetic words and confirmations that we've received from the Lord uh, that are giving us direction for where we're going to be heading uh, in this next season. Last night, uh, and several of you were there, but last night we made a major announcement regarding our awakening services. Now, our awakening services continue to, I mean, be powerful times in the Lord, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Since January 29th, we have continued meeting, and the Lord has continued to pour out His Spirit in a powerful way. Uh, this weekend, again, I mean, just, I mean, the, the presence of the Lord just rich, touching people in dramatic fashion. And uh, we did a, just a little bit of a, an, uh, an audit, because we've been doing, um, keeping record of people that have testimonies, where the Lord has either touched them in a physical way, physically healed them, or touched their uh, heart and healed them uh, in their emotions and inner healing. And uh, we have somewhere around 300 recorded physical healings and about 180 uh, emotional healings. Now, here's the thing. When we have the, the list of the physical healings, you might have somebody that was healed of five things, and they put it on one piece of paper, and we count that as one. We didn't, you know, we didn't count all five. And, uh, and the same thing with the emotional healings. And then, and then here's the other thing. There are so many people that have told us, man, God touched me and he healed me or he did this and he did that, but they never filled out a testimony form. And so we conservatively, you know, look at these numbers and we go, well, if you times it, you know, by three, that would still probably not actually represent everybody that's been touched in a dramatic way, either physically healed or touched in their emotions over these last uh, about eight months. And so we're talking about, I mean, confirmed people, you know, describing how God's touched and ministered to their hearts, where either they're set free from some sort of emotional shame, bondage, um, self-hatred, condemnation. I mean, people with, with the pain of abuse for lifelong, uh, you know, trauma from abuse set free in an instant. And then we're talking about a variety of physical healings. I mean, probably 10 to 15 people have gotten rid of their glasses, their eyesight, totally healed. Um, another five or 10, scoliosis. I know we've had about 15 or 20 people actually have one leg grow out. Uh, and then just last week, we got our first testimony of someone who, uh, and this is a, a person I've known for 20 years. So it's not just the random whoever you don't know that, you know, don't know if it's a legit. But someone who had been diagnosed with cancer. The cancer had gotten to their lymph system. And uh, the doctor said, there's nothing we can do for you. And they, they sent her home. Well, she came to a, 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 an awakening service about six weeks ago. And the power of God hit her. She went down in the spirit got up, grabbed one of her friends, went to the bathroom. She said, hey, listen, something just happened to me. The fire of God went through me. I, I went down, and I remember that night. I remember seeing it happen. I thought, wow, that's unusual. And because she said, that never happens to me. And uh, from that moment forward, her body started improving. She had a mass in her breast. The mass disappeared. She went back to the doctor, got all of her blood work done, completely healed of cancer. I mean completely healed of cancer. 
Jesus doesn't just heal scoliosis and backaches and a little nearsightedness. He takes care of cancer. He takes care of AIDS. He takes care of whatever the problem is. He is a healer. Amen. And so we've had, I mean, tremendous stuff. And, you know, it, 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 at, some, at some level, it feels like things are uh, increasing. For instance, Friday, we had uh, one of our larger crowds on a Friday night that we've had the entire time. And it's just the same thing. We show up and say, come Holy Spirit. And all manner of Holy Spirit stuff begins to happen. And it's powerful watching the Lord touch people. We probably had another 50 first-time visitors through here this, this weekend. And, uh, and we'll be here again tonight at 6 o'clock. Um, and so, and I, and I was thinking about it. You know, there's probably, conservatively, 750 people that are connecting to us now when you count our Friday, Saturday, and Sunday meetings. It's probably more than that, but 750, that's a good conservative number. And so this thing is touching, you know, for our sphere, it, it's 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 kind of increased our sphere a bit, not in a major way, but it's touching a large number of people, potentially a thousand, I would think, in a weekend or in a, in a few week period of time, I would say. And so we're, we're seeing wonderful things. Well, at the same time, we totally realize that the move of the Spirit is ankle deep, that there is so much more available in God. I mean, I, I you know, he says he can do exceedingly abundantly beyond all we can ask or think. Have you, have you thought lately about what God could possibly do? I mean, he goes, I can do beyond anything you can dream up. I mean, come on. And so we know that there's got to be a great increase. So uh, there have been a number of prophetic things, uh, words from the Lord, confirmations, all sorts of different things. And I'm going to break those down here in just a minute at a certain, certain level. But we are feeling very, very confident, very clear that we've, we've heard from the Lord. And so we are now going to actually stop doing our awakening services right now. That's a big announcement. And we are going to, um, so we are going to take a season and focus on prayer uh, by the direction of the Lord. And I want to give uh, some of the background on how we feel what the Lord has been saying and, and how we've come to that conclusion. And I'll, I'll start with this thought. It is absolutely, in my experience, uh, I, I've never seen it before where uh, in the middle of a move of the Spirit where things are going just great, where the wind is blowing, where God is moving, where the, uh, the uh, leadership actually says, okay, we're going to stop doing that for a season. I've never been around that. Usually, you get a little move of the Spirit and they'll just ride that thing out until you're like, Man, you know, is it, is it still happening? Or, you know, just kind of peters down until it's like, man, this thing's over. I wish they would, you know, sort of throw in the towel. And, and a lot of times, uh, revival moves will end with people bitter, upset, burned out, unhappy. And so I've, I, I've never personally seen a, a, a situation where there's been a move of the Spirit at any level that was significant where they uh, pulled it back when it was actually you know, things were just moving forward in a, in a great way. And so here we are, and we're doing that. Now, let me work through uh, the storyline, and then we, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give us, I'll, I'll challenge us here in a minute. So in January, let's go back to January. Uh, I'm feeling very strongly from the Lord that there is a season 
of trouble getting ready to happen in our nation in January. I'm feeling it so significantly strong that I call our staff to a 40-day fast in January. And we were going to do our leadership summit and start the fast on that Monday. And the key issue that we were uh, going to be fasting and, and, and inquiring of the Lord about was how does the wine of the Spirit, which at that point had been flowing in Kansas City in a pretty significant way since November, how does the wine of the Spirit and the wine of judgment, you know, there's a, several verses about the wine of judgment, how the Lord mixes the cup and forces the nations to drink a wine that they do not want to drink. And it's a wine of judgment. And I said, and, and so I'm before the Lord and I'm praying and I'm just, I don't have clarity. I'm like, we've got the wine of the Spirit and people being like, giddy in God, you know, drunk in the Holy Spirit, full of joy, and there's healing happening, and hearts are getting touched, and people are getting separated. How do you have that and this other wine, this wine of judgment? Because I was feeling so strongly, and there were some prophetic things going on that were identifying that there was also a, a season of judgment uh, coming, a season of trouble. So we're getting ready in January to do a 40-day fast. In fact, we're going to start it the, that Monday after Leadership Summit. And so Leadership Summit happens here. That's our little conference we do. We invite uh, leaders from around the nation to come. And, and Dave Slecker comes, and, and, and he comes with, I mean, a heavy dose of the wine of the Spirit. And the, the Lord moves in powerful ways that weekend. And we understand that the Lord was beginning to start something, so we call extra meetings. And we're still in those extra meetings. That's where we've been since January. And tremendous things are happening. Well, that week... We do five days of fasting, and I kind of get that to that weekend, and you know the the brothers from Kansas City are kind of they're so full of the Holy Spirit and stuff. They're like, brother, this I don't think this is a season for fasting. This is a season for feasting. So I did what any spiritual man would do. We were out at Steak and Shake, and I broke my fast on a guacamole burger. Praise God. <laughs> After having sat through Five Guys with those guys, they were eating Five Guys, and I was sitting there staring. I thought, this is not the Lord. <laughs> but I just felt a real release from it because I felt like the Lord was saying, this is what I'm doing. Get on with what I'm doing, and I'll make it clear. And so, and to try to do a, uh, a bunch of extended meetings and then be fasting at the same time is like, you know, just physically the toll that it takes on you is very difficult. So we go into the renewal, and wonderful things happen. And we have all these testimonies, and God's moving and, and throughout the renewal, the Lord, that first few weeks, really speaks dramatically to us prophetically. He says a few things. Number one, he says, uh, I've uh, changed the name of the house of prayer, and I'm calling it the International House of Presence. And we all went, yes, Lord. And uh, we know that there's prophetic promises about the house of prayer actually being an environment where unsaved people walk in the door, demonized people walk in the door and get instantaneously touched, set free, delivered. Uh, I mean, you can, you know, and, and I can see it in my, in my heart, in my mind's eye. I can see the day that the crack addict walks in and bam, totally set free. Just by walking in, just by getting in the parking lot maybe. And so he says that. He says, I've changed the name. Gives it to us prophetically. And then, he, and then we get a dream from Danica Alston, who runs our, our Daniel Academy. And she said, I'm not a, a big revival person, never have been. But I like revival, but I've never been around that, that very much. And, uh, and, uh, and she says, and I had this dream. And in the dream, the Lord 
basically there was new blueprints that the Lord was giving the house of prayer, and he was putting a reservoir right in the center of the prayer room. And so we were like, amen, amen. We want the reservoir flowing. And we want the house of presence. We want the presence of the Lord to, to fill and, 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 and flow through us as we're praying. And, uh, and so the other thing, he, Dave Slyker has one of the uh, top encounters of his life. Uh, he, said, he said to me, he goes, he said to me just yesterday, he said, if the Lord told me to give away everything except for the clothes on my back, he, he said, I, and he said, you can give, give all that away and I will encounter you again the way I, the way I did that time in, 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 in Billy's office. He said, uh, he said uh, if the Lord said that to me, he goes, I wouldn't even have to think a, a, a second about it. It was that profound. And the Lord encounters him uh, in January in a, a tremendous uh, encounter in my office. Don't go running to my office trying to get your encounter. Just a little side thought. <laughs> Well, there's a season a couple years ago where I was getting visited in my office, and I had people like knocking on my office door going, can I just come in here and hang out for a little bit? Like, go find your own office. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, um, the Lord tells him um, something really profound. It's slipping my mind. Fountain. I've opened a fountain. I've opened a fountain over the house of prayer, and uh, uh, if you're willing to receive it. And so it's clear that the Lord speaks to us in, that, in, in the first few weeks, uh, January and following, that he has done something where he's uh, increasing release of the Spirit, and there's a flow of the Spirit. So we, then we had multiple other words, Shelley Hunley in, in Kansas City. She's one of the key leaders in the, in the Bible school there and a very prophetic person. And uh, she has a trance-like, an, an Acts 10 trance-like encounter with the Lord where the Lord is uh, uh, operating on the bride. And he is doing open heart surgery on her. And he has her hand, and he has her heart in his hand. And he's massaging her heart. And, and Shelly, in the encounter, she's looking at this and she goes, oh my gosh, this, she look, the bride looks horrible, oh my goodness. And the Lord just smiles and he goes, yeah, you should have seen what she looked like before I started working on her. Like she was in really bad shape, but now I'm massaging her heart. And then the scene changes, and they're in a car, and, and the bride is in the back seat, and the Lord is driving, and then the bride is in the front seat. And the Lord says some different things about how he's reviving the heart of his bride, he's awakening her heart, and that we're never going back. We're never going back. And so we had multiple words about the, there's a release of the Spirit that's upon you, and it's, it's only going to uh, intensify. In fact, the encounter that Dave had in my office, the Lord said, this will only intensify exponentially from this point forward. And so we were like, yes, I'm in. I'm, I mean, my whole, one of the key focuses of my life, I mean, really, since about 1992, has been contending and praying for uh, 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 what I call the big R. Not a small revival, but I'm talking about global thermonuclear revival. And um, that's my own term. And um, that was a joke. And um, <laughs> okay, I'm working. You guys are a little hard this morning. Okay. <laughs> But the big R, believing for a, a mighty move of the Spirit uh, that sweeps our nation and the nations of the earth. And so uh, uh, when I hear that word from Dave, I'm like, man, this is exciting. Never going, this is it. This is the one. 
And then the Shelly Hunley encounter, and then what the Lord is saying to us prophetically about the house of prayer being the house of presence. We're like, yes, we're in. And so, as we're going along through the renewal, we continued to get multiple prophetic dreams, words about how an increase was coming. The Lord encountered me in a dream in May, and he said, increase is uh, decreed. It's certain. Increase is certain. And the date is May 7th. Well, I had it the week, uh, that first week of May. I had the dream like May 4th or something. And I went, oh my goodness, increases. May 7th is this week. Oh, wow. And then we realized, we go back through some of the prophetic history. And if you have not, if you're a part of this community and you've not listened to the 12 city prophetic history of Kansas City, it's online, it's free. You can get it on mikebickle.org.com, whatever. You got to listen to it. Because it gives all sorts of context to what we're about and what we're doing. You really need to just go ahead and download it and burn it and put it in your car and just listen through it so you understand uh, much about where we're heading. And so, uh, so the, it's increase is coming. I'm having the dream. Increase is coming. It's been declared. It's been decreed. And the confirming date is May 7th. So May 7th comes and goes that weekend and it's like, well, it's good. It didn't seem like, wow, it went from ankle to knee. It seemed like it was really good, but uh, it didn't seem profound. And so I'm like, Lord, so what are you doing? And then we realized, well, the May 7th was a date in 1983 where the Lord confirmed in dramatic ways about the global end time prayer movement and the houses of prayer being birthed and, and all these significant features uh, that And the Lord even used a, a, a prophetic man, and he said there's going to be a comet that nobody sees. Nobody knows it's coming. There's going to be a comet. It's going to come across the sky. And that happened on May 7, 1983, to, to uh, be a, a confirming point that there, were gonna be, uh, there was going to be a major uh, prayer movement at the end of the age with youth and young people uh, at the forefront. And uh, it was going to be for the, the salvation of Israel. There's going to be massive revival in the midst of massive, uh, massive time of trouble. So that May 7th date from my dream, I believe, was pointing back to that, declaring of a future time that the Lord is still in front of us, but he's already been prophesying about. There's an increase coming. I'm talking too fast. I'll slow it down. So we've had words that the Lord's releasing his spirit. We got that, and we started experiencing it. Then we get words that increase is coming, and multiple things are happening. And so about a, six weeks ago, Dave privately starts feeling something about transition in his heart. Now, he was planning, uh, he thought maybe two years he would be connecting to us in awakening service. But he starts feeling something, transition in his heart. Like, like perhaps uh, there's going to be a shift as it relates to the awakening. And, um, and he's in California and he has this kind of... Uh, time in prayer with the Lord, and he's like, huh, something's going on, and, uh, and, and so he has the middle of October kind of in his mind as that time of transition, so he and I don't talk about that, he just keeps it private, and, and then me, I'm just, I'm so, so happy about what the Lord's doing, moving, the, the move of the Spirit, but I, I'm saying this privately. I'm saying it to my wife. I'm saying it to my assistant and, and some of our leaders. I say, oh, my heart is so happy and so alive, but I'm so tired. I'm so tired, but I'm so happy. I'm so happy, but I'm so tired. And then I start saying stuff like this. I can't wait till our baby comes because my wife's pregnant. I can't wait till our baby comes because I really feel like I need a break. 
you know, there's wishful thinking sometimes. I mean, I've got three children. I know the point. There is no break when the baby comes. But I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I could really use a break. You know, it'll be a good time of getting a little rest when the baby comes. Get a little extra sleep. (laughs) Maybe I'm prophesying. She's going to sleep all the way through the night from day one. Just have an altar call for my wife right now. So, uh, and I'm saying that, but I'm, so I'm feeling really invigorated about the renewal, but also feeling like, hey man, I'm, you know, I really could use a break. You could, you could, you know, you deserve a break today. And, um, and so Dave uh, gets, uh, he's got this thing swirling in his, in his heart. And then what happens is this. There is a uh, man who is a, a prophetic vessel who has spoken uh, clear, powerful, prophetic words to uh, the leadership team in Kansas City, which I'm actually a part of, which is a, a strange connection, but it's just how it is. And uh, he has spoken over the years clear, uh, prophetic words, words from the Lord, uh, uh, on several different occasions. And, and this, this brother, he has an encounter uh, with the Lord over a three-day period of time. Uh, this is about the same time that Dave was feeling transition. This man has this encounter, and then uh, a couple weeks later uh, relates it to the house of prayer. Let's us know what's going on. But in this encounter, I'll give, you, I'll give you a little bit of it. In this encounter, the Lord, for three successive days, encounters him. And he speaks of coming trouble, of coming disruption that's coming to our nation. And he speaks and he says, uh, uh, the, on the first day, the Lord says to the world, he says, fall. And he speaks this word fall. And it, what he's talking about is how so many of the systems that the world has uh, trusted in, and really the church too, has trusted in. Are, the Lord is, is, is going to cause them to fail. And simultaneously, as he was saying, fall to the world, he was saying, bow to the church. And then he says uh, to the world, the next day, the next day, he says to the world, stop. And, and the, the prophetic brother, he sees things begin to grind to a halt, machinery and all sorts of things grind to a halt. And to the church, he says, go. So in a time when uh, uh, trouble and crisis is actually hitting uh, the world, the church is commissioned in power to bring the gospel to people that have questions. Then the third day, he has uh, the, the word, and it's confusion. Confusion. And he sees like that, that, uh, that uh, Babel encounter where the, the, the languages are confused and mass confusion hits the planet. And to the church, he says, no, K-N-O-W, understand. And so it's like the opposite reality. It's fall to the world, but bow in prayer and before the majesty of our great God. It's stop to the world, but it's go to the church. It's confusion to the world, but it's understanding to, to the church. And, so, and, and he has a profound uh, 
encounter with the Lord, and the Lord unveils multiple different things to him. I, I really won't go into detail about it, uh, much more than that. And, and, I will say this, there is a portion of this encounter where he's having uh, what would be understood as, you know, our term, a council of the Lord session where there's, there's uh, uh, heavenly beings and the Lord himself and, and this man is up in this council session and they're talking about what comes up is the question of the United States. What about the United States? What about the original intention for the United States? So that's the question. So it's just parentheses. You would have to be um, really dull, not even prophetic at all, but I'm not even talking about dull prophetically. I'm just saying dull, humanly speaking, to not understand that our nation is in real trouble. If, if, uh, if somehow you're under the delusion that things are going well, uh, let me be a, serve as a wake-up call to you. It's, it's not going well. $13 trillion of debt is, you can't fix that. That's an, un, that's an unfixable amount. And, and the way our United States system is set up, we incur 1.8 million, uh, 1.8 trillion of debt annually just cause. Just cause how we do. And so what we've done is we have spent our way uh, in, in terms of uh, just the way that our government has had, handed, handled money, we have bought today what our children will pay for tomorrow. And that's not a maybe, that's for sure. There's, there's no way to get out of it. You know, uh, for instance, when China did their stimulus package about the same time that the United States did, they just moved the money over. They had the money in reserves. What we did was we printed new money. That is a dramatically different financial scheme. <laughs> and it speaks of a massive weakness in, in, in our economy. And so there's what's really the state of things is that uh, because of we want our stuff, we want our lifestyle, we want things to go the best for us now, we have actually sold out the next generation because they're going to be crushed under a financial burden that's impossible to fix. So we've watched, um, you know, challenging things continue to happen in our nation over the, the last eight months of this year, nine months of this year, as, as many uh, politicians and prognosticators were saying, well, no, it's getting better now through the summer, it's getting better and better, but it's actually gotten continually more challenging. So the question on hand in this heavenly council, and, I, and part of it is because our nation has turned away from its original intent. Somehow our nation believes that the intent for the United States is for everybody to be rich. Everybody to have, you know, everything they want. Everybody to be well supplied. When God's original intention for the United States was to be a beacon of gospel light to the nations of the earth. A, 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 a sounding horn, a, a, a siren of gospel truth to the nations. And in part we began to fulfill that but now we're in a, in a season where we have exported more pornography than we have power of God. So, just a little wake up. Hello. So, the question at the Heavenly Council, where this brother was experiencing this encounter with the Lord, 
he actually asks, he goes, what about the United States? What about the original intention for the United States? And the Lord says, (laughs) he says, sound discipline has been appointed for your nation. Sound discipline has been appointed for your nation. Just let that settle in on you. I'm probably going to say some strong things. I'm not going to fix them for you. I'm just going to let your own heart work it through. I'm going to help lead us, but the, the Lord is the one that's actually driving the car. Amen. He's actually the one that's in control. <laughs> and so the Lord loves us, and the Lord disciplines the one he loves. He disciplines the ones he loves. He, he, he's not going to let us uh, turn away from you know, his purposes for us. And so he is so kind, and he's going to actually make good on the prayers of saints from this nation that have been in place for years He's going to make good on those prayers, and he's going to see to it that the United States actually does serve its purpose. But there seemed to be, uh, in this encounter this brother had, there seemed to be a window of opportunity for the United States, and it had to do with a, a short period of time that we're, we're actually entering into now, where the, the nation had to turn to the Lord. Sound discipline is, has been appointed for your nation. So, he makes it clear that there, are, there is trouble coming. Now, I liked how Dave said it last night. He said, you know, it's like we've experienced ankle-deep trouble with this recession and the status of things uh, today, but uh, knee-deep trouble is coming. And the Lord is making that real clear, that knee-deep trouble is coming. And, and so we have experienced an ankle-deep uh, move the Spirit in Kansas City and here in Atlanta, and it's happened in other places. But here's the thing. You can't be ankle deep in the move of the spirit uh, and try to deal with knee deep trouble. <laughs> that is a, a challenge. That's a real problem. You've got to be at least knee deep in the spirit to be able to, to you know, handle knee deep trouble. And so Wes Hall, who is leading the awakening services in Kansas City, is actually this morning sharing some of the same stuff that I'm sharing in Kansas City right now. Uh, he has a, a, a dream um, all around the same time, a few, several weeks ago, where he sees the, the students at IHOP University, and they are dancing and celebrating and jumping around in ankle-deep water and just sort of giddy and a little silly uh, there at IHOP U while judgment and challenges and troubles are hitting the planet. And they're just sort of you know, ankle deep in the spirit while real intense things are hitting the planet. And so it, it grips his heart. So, so we have this encounter that this brother has. Wes has that encounter. Dave's feeling transition. I'm walking around saying, I just feel like we need a break. Now, one of the dreams that the Lord gave us about increase early on was one that Chan, Chan Pridgen had. He's one of our senior leaders here at the House of Prayer, and he had a dream this, and the dream was that we were at a conference, and John Arnott was speaking. John Arnott is the leader of the uh, Toronto Airport uh, Christian Fellowship, and has been leading a renewal uh, really around the nations since 1994, where the Lord began to pour out his spirit there in Toronto. And in the dream, John Arnott is up speaking, and, and, but everybody knows we're waiting for John Wimber. Now, John Wimber was the leader of the Vineyard Movement, and he represents power, signs, wonders, and miracles, and healing, and evangelism. 
John Arnott would represent the wine of the Spirit and the outpouring of the Spirit. And John Wimber would, would really represent healing and evangelism. So in the dream, Chan sees John Arnott, but we're waiting for John Wimber. And so that for us was a word that increase is coming. God for sure is going to bring increase because we're experiencing this wine of the Spirit. And so we didn't get this point, but Chan just kind of told us this week because he didn't think it was important. But there's another part of the dream. Your dreams are interesting. Little I say it, dreams are tricky. Sometimes a guy will have a dream and it seems so right and it's so not right. And then sometimes it'll be a little side corner thing and the dream is, you know, just sort of a foggy dream and it's just the exact word of the Lord. So in this dream, this part that he didn't think was important was there was a break. There was a break between John Arnott and John Wimber. And during the break, what we had to do was we had to go get gas. Pretty important little part of the dream. Go get some fuel. Some oil. So, um, the, uh, the prophetic brother then has a word from the Lord for, for IHOP. And he says this. He said, the Lord says you've done a good job with the awakening. Now, anytime the Lord goes, hey, good job, I'm real happy. And he was real careful. He goes, this is in no way any kind of, this was wrong, this was any kind of a correction thing. He goes, the Lord says you've done a, done a good job with this. But it, he, he actually says this. I, I, I looked back at the, the word again. And he says, but the time of completeness for this phase has come. Time of completeness. I just keep that word in your mind. For this phase has come. And the Lord is inviting you to um, pull away for a season and, and lean in in the place of prayer because he wants to bring it from the ankles to the knees. The Lord is inviting you in a season of, of uh, solitude to get re-energized, is what he said. He, turned that, he used that term, to get re-energized in the place of prayer because the Lord wants to bring it from the ankles to the knees. And he goes, and I think that is a play on words. The Lord is calling us to our knees so that the move of the Spirit can go to the knees. And so uh, Dave and I, uh, last weekend, Davis, we're having a conversation. He's sharing these things with me. He's sharing all this stuff with me. And he is just, he's concerned. And here's why. And I shared my testimony last Sunday night in detail. It probably took an hour. and just shared how the Lord has worked so dramatically in me over these last eight months and just really set my heart free in and, 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 and several different ways, stuff that I didn't even really know was going on until you get in the moment to, to get tried in an area and you go, hey, wait a minute, I don't feel, I feel good. You know, I always say, I've always said this, you don't know what your Christianity is really like until pressure is on you. <laughs> Everybody can say praise God when things are good. But when things are tough, that's when you know what's really going on. And so Dave is saying all this stuff to me, and he's a little worried because he knows that revival has been a passion of my life, that everything that I've ever known, been trained in, is that once you get a, a little bit, man, you hold on for dear life. You don't let that thing go for anything. And he's like thinking this might be like a, a lifelong friendship breaker. <laughs> you know, not really. But he's worried that, hey, maybe I'm not going to take this so well. So he shares these things. He shares his heart. He shares some of these prophetic words. And I look at him, and there is a, I mean, a, a wind of exhilaration that feel, fills my soul. I go, bro, that's good. 
He goes, yeah. Like, really? I go, no, no, no. It's awesome. He goes, really? I go, yeah. This is awesome. He goes, are you serious? I go, I am so serious. I feel so good about this. The confirming uh, measure of the Holy Spirit was just so clear in my soul. And we, we went and, and just for the next hour or two just talked and broke these things down just with such life in our heart. Well, I, I share it with our leadership team on uh, Monday and everybody's like, man, that's awesome. That's the Lord. I share it with our section leaders. Man, that's awesome. That's the Lord. Everybody's got energy and feels upbeat about the invitation into what we would call a Psalm 27-4 season, which is gazing on the beauty of the Lord and inquiring in his temple. He goes, this is, David says, this one thing I've desired. This one thing I'll seek. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. I want to gaze on his beauty and I want to inquire. And so the idea that the Lord would be inviting us into a Psalm 27-4 season uh, to take things from ankle deep to knee deep is stunning. It's, it's powerful. It's wonderful. And I start feeling so alive in it. And I go, wait a minute. How is this possible that my heart is so alive and I'm actually, we're actually, the wind is blowing real good in the awakenings and I'm thinking it's an exciting idea to not do awakening services. That's totally not like me. And I realized, man, I've actually been just healed in my heart of different things, principally the pain and the cynicism of having actually been through a move of the Spirit and then writing it out till it was you know, done and then just leaving it just hurt. And, and really just been delivered over that and really delivered of unbelief and trusting the Lord that he's the one that's actually steering the ship. He's the one that's actually driving. So we have a wonderful connection. So what we do is we start looking at dates and uh, we start trying to figure out when, how are we going to do this? Now, again, I want to make it clear. I'm convinced the Lord has opened a fountain here, and I don't think that's stopping or going backwards or anything. I think that's still happening. I feel like it's still ankle deep, and the Lord is going to uh, increase that to knee deep. I think we've gotten those points real strong prophetically, and now I think we've gotten uh, a couple additional in, uh, information pieces, and it's, so now what do we do? How do we get it from ankle to knee? And I think the answer is, uh, we, for a season, we draw away into the place of prayer, and then it's from there that the Lord is going to answer with a knee-deep uh, expression of the move of his spirit. And so Dave and I are looking at our calendar, and he goes, well, maybe this time, maybe this time. And we, and it, and we just kind of quickly figure it out, and, and then we come back and we look at it a little bit later. And, then, and so we realize, okay, well, yeah, October 8th, 9th, and 10th, that would be a great day, a great weekend. It seems to work well for us to go ahead and call the end of the, the, the renewal meetings that weekend, October 8th, 9th, and 10th. So officially, our last awakening service will be October 10th. That's 10, 10, 10. Anybody one of those number people? I don't try to be, but I just am. Me and you too, good. I mean, I really, I don't try to be one of those number people, but the numbers just tend to line up for me all the time. Don't ask me what the lottery is. That's not, the, that's not what I'm talking about. But so we're at lunch that day, and we're talking through all these things, and my bill is something like 3366, and I don't even pay attention to it, but I real quick put in the, the, uh, the tip, and then it comes out to 4040. 3366, 4040 on the week that I turned 40. 
And I just, it's so funny, I just said to Dave, I go, I could have a prophetic word staring me at the eye. It could, I go, it, it could be written on a piece of paper right in front of me. And sometimes I'm so dim, I don't even get it. And I go, hey, look at that, 40-40. <laughs> and in the very same conversation. I mean, there's a swirl kind of of the Lord, just a little sweetness of the Lord. So we come back and we go, okay, we're going to end on 10-10-10. And Jamie, boy Pridgen, he goes, hey, I wonder what that, that means. Let me look that up. Let me read to you what the number 10 signifies. Now remember that word completeness that the, the prophetic brother gave us. So Jamie Boy Pridgen, he looks this up. Biblical meanings of numbers. It says, uh, the number 10 is one of the perfect numbers. It signifies the perfection of divine order. It represents the whole numerical system. Completeness of order marking the entire round of anything is therefore the ever-present signification of the number 10. It implies that nothing is wanting, that the number and order are perfect, and that the whole cycle is complete. Come on, that's cool. That's very cool. And we totally just said, uh, what about that weekend? <laughs> 10, 10, 10, how fun is that? Oh, the number 10, it means complete. Oh, nice. Three tens. So we're going to end the, uh, the awakening services on, on uh, October 10th, 2010. Cause, and I feel like that's the, that is the kiss of the Lord. The Lord is saying that this season of awakening, doing extra services for it, in other words, is coming to a time of completeness because he's calling us into a time of where we're drawn away and seeking the Lord in the place of prayer because he increase, he's going to bring it. And so there's an increase of the move of the spirit. But beloved, this is the piece that this group has to hear. There is also an increase of trouble that's coming. You've got to hear me. You may not like what I'm saying, but I want to, I want to say real boldly, you've got to hear that point. She's calling us to prayer for an increase of the move of the Spirit, but also to be prepared in the time of trouble. Psalm 27.4, if you read verse 3 and verse 5, Psalm 27.4 is in between two verses that are about being in a time of trouble, but being settled in intimacy with the Lord while trouble is happening. One of our staff had a dream last night. And in the dream, uh, Psalm 91, verse 7, is, it's, the, it's the banner of the dream. And he wakes up. And he wakes up at 9.17. Goes and looks at his Bible. Reads Psalm 91. Let me just read it to you. I love this kind of stuff. The Lord's fun. Psalm 91, verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Verse 9. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. Your dwelling place. He finishes looking at those verses, looks at his clock, and now it's 919. What's today's date again? 919. And I think the Lord's inviting us to a Psalm 91, verse 7 through 9 season 
Because though he's saying trouble is coming, he's saying if you'll dwell in the secret place, if you'll dwell in the tabernacle of the Most High, you're going to dwell in safety. Now this, this is really important because one of the key reasons why the house of prayer even exists is because we've understood from day one that great trouble is coming. I want to read a verse to you from Acts chapter 2, familiar verse, that charismatic people love. We love Acts chapter 2. We love the verse about speaking in tongues. We love how they're not drunk as you suppose. We love how in the last days God says he'll pour out his spirit. We love all that. But there's a point that we actually really miss, and it's significant, it's critical to understanding the move of the Spirit at the end of the age. Let's just pick up Acts 2 at verse 17. It says this. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. A lot of times, when people are preaching out of this, they'll just leave it right there. And then verse 19, though, it keeps going. It goes, I'll show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Now you can brush over that and go, well, that's interesting. Sun, darkness, moon's going to be blood red and blood, fire, vapor, smoke. I wonder what that is. That's figurative about something. I wonder what that is. Well, the thing about it is we literally look at the verses in front of it. The Lord's going to pour out his spirit. We believe that's going to happen in a literal way. Sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Young men, old men, they're going to dream dreams and see visions. We believe those things are literal. Blood, fire, and vapor of smoke, these are signs that are going to appear. Now the question is, is it just some figurative idea? And I don't think so. I think this is, he's talking about trouble that takes place in the midst of the outpouring of the Spirit. And most charismatics, we don't want to hear that. We don't want anybody to mess with our stuff. Here's the thing. We mostly aren't uh, concerned about judgment because we're, we're contending for a right knowledge of God. We're mostly concerned about judgment because we don't want anybody to mess with our stuff. Anything that talks about our air conditioner having to be turned off or, you know, I can't eat fast food all the time. All of a sudden, you're messing with my stuff, man. That's not God. I want to propose this. God wants to mess with our stuff so we will quit clinging to stuff and start clinging to God. No, really, like, I really believe that. I'm, it, I, you know, I'm just not making any, I really believe that. God is going to mess with our stuff so we'll quit clinging to stuff and start clinging to God. Not just this place, I'm talking about the church and the nation. And I don't know how, how excited most Christians would be about that idea. But it doesn't really matter because God's going to have the heart of his bride. He's going to have the heart of his bride. He's so committed to us, so dedicated to us. So I am absolutely excited. I feel like the Lord has been prophetically guiding us from uh, the, the instant uh, these, these uh, renewal services started happening. 
And I think it's just a stunning idea that we would be in the middle of a, a move of the Spirit and we would actually say we're going to pull down the sails while the wind is still blowing. Nobody does such a thing. But what we're doing is we're pulling down the sails for a season to, to prepare bigger sails to put those up to catch a bigger gust of wind in the day ahead. And I, I told Dave uh, uh, last weekend, I said, man, I've never felt so safe in God. In the middle of words about increased trouble coming, in the, in the time where the Lord's saying, hey, pull away for a season and, and don't do these extra meetings for a season and, and come and get before me, inquire of what I'm doing. I mean, that just, both those thoughts would make you just go, yeah, I'm not, I'm not so, I, but I feel so good. I feel like the Lord has been so kind. His leadership has been so kind to us and he's giving us real clear direction that we're able to, it's, it's, I mean, it's so easy. It's like, uh, it's just like uh, renewal, revival, and judgment for dummies. I mean, just, I'm dumb, I need help, and God goes, no problem, here you go. You know, one, two, three, I mean, it just makes it so easy. And I told Dave, I said, I feel like I'm a four-year-old kid in a car heading to Disneyland with my dad. And because I'm four, I don't really know how cool Disneyland really is, but I know it's something cool. And dad decided to stop at McDonald's for some Happy Meals and uh, to hang out at Playland a little bit. I feel like we're on our way to Disneyland, but I'm at Playland at McDonald's right now. And, God, and, and, and it's like dad goes, hey, time to get back in the car because we're heading to Disneyland. We don't want to camp out at Playland at McDonald's. It's cool and all, but it's not the final destination. This thing is going somewhere that you've not, you've not understood. And he goes, and by the way, on the way to Disneyland, next stop, we're going to Chuck E. Cheese. It's going to be good. Chuck E. Cheese is exponentially better than McDonald's, in case you don't get the analogy. And it's, it's like we are, I mean, we are in the kindness of the Lord. He is driving us and he's leading us in a way that no one, would, no one would choose to. Nobody pulls down the sails when, when, the, when the Lord's moving by his spirit. Nobody does that. But the Lord is inviting us to it as a way to capture our hearts. Because you know what happens so often in renewal and revival movements? People get addicted to renewal and revival and they forget Jesus. And we do not want to be that. We do not want to be addicted to renewal, addicted to manifestations, addicted to doing meetings, and forget Jesus, the renewer. And it, man, I'm telling you, it can totally happen. Learn behaviors of how to do revival without the Lord actually blowing. And we just, we don't want to be that. We don't want to be that, that uh, in that place. We want the Lord to lead us. And I am so excited. So here's the word for the uh, uh, IHOP community and IHOP Sunday morning group. This is the hour to get in the prayer room. This is the hour to get in the prayer room. Really. Now, IHOP community, what we do is when you're part of IHOP as your church, we say, okay, hit at least one prayer meeting a week. But I would encourage you, Find out how you can hit more than a prayer meeting a week. Find out how you can, you know, get a block of time once a week and lock in. I am really unashamed about this because the truth of the matter is, you just got to hear me say this, 
IHOP, while we want to preach the gospel, and we want to see souls saved, and, and, and we want to see the Great Commission fulfilled, I mean, that's where this thing is headed. As far as how we exist and how we do life, we're not trying to be the new cool charismatic thing or a cool teaching center. We want to be a house of prayer. <laughs> that's what we want to be. Well, you know, to be a house of prayer, it means that you actually have to pray. <laughs> it's funny how that works. People love the idea of prayer. They even love the idea of a house of prayer. They even love that Jesus said, my house should be called a house of prayer. And look at them. They call themselves a house of prayer. I, am, I have zero interest in having some reputation that we are prayer people if we don't actually pray and do prayer meetings. Doing prayer meetings is an easy way to be a prayer person, actually doing the prayer meetings. I've had many leaders, they ask me, say, so uh, you travel much? Are you traveling around the nation? I go, no. They go, well, what do you do? I go, I lead prayer meetings. Well, what do you mean? Well, I sit in the prayer room and I lead prayer meetings. That's what I do. I, me and Jesus, I talk to Jesus all the time. And that's how I lead, by praying. Beloved, that's, that's what we will be. This community will be a house of prayer. Let me tell you something. In a day when trouble is hitting, Listen to me real clearly. Think 9-11 in your mind. 9-11 was a Tuesday. I remember, I remember exactly where I was, as many of you do. It was a Tuesday. Wednesday night, we called a special prayer meeting for our church. It was packed. That weekend, packed. Three weeks later, nobody. And what happened was, we gave warm-hearted answers that were more sentimental in value then we actually gave gospel truth, calling it what it is. That our nation's experiencing trouble because our nation's turned away from God. And God's so kind, he'll discipline us until we turn back to God. I tell you, in a day when the trouble goes to knee deep, warm-hearted answers aren't gonna cut the mustard at all. The churches will fill up again, but the question is, will people actually be able to hear a message that gives prophetic directive, that gives clarity from the heart of the Lord, that's able to be expounded with the scriptures that support, because there's so many verses, I mean, that give real detail on, on God's activity of judgment in the earth at the end of the age. I mean, Matthew 24, for instance, if you've not taken a strong look at Matthew 24, do it. He goes, there's going to be wars, rumors of wars, there's going to be pestilences, earthquakes, there's going to be all sorts of different things, and then he goes... These things must come to pass. Those are not just, well, if we pray real hard, then we won't, you know, it, it's not. No, no, he goes, this is going to happen for sure. So they're going to need, the churches will fill up again when trouble gets knee deep, and they're going to need real precise prophetic direction, and they're going to need power to be released on their bodies for healing. They're going to, you know what I'm saying? They're going to need the move of the Spirit and the joy of the Lord to fill them in a time of trouble and crisis. And the question is, will the church be in a position to actually release the word of the Lord, power encounters, the move of the Spirit, with a happy heart, partnering with God in a time of judgment, or will she try to give another warm-hearted answer when crisis is exploding? So, I am so excited that we get to pull away to prayer. And, and this, this group, this, our Sunday morning group, you've got to hear that this is why we exist. We exist to sit before the Lord, to, to, to as David said, the Psalm 27, 4, this one thing I've asked, this one thing I seek. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. 
I want to gaze on his beauty, and I want to inquire. And that idea of inquiring of the Lord, it's getting the heart and the mind and the emotions of the Lord. And, and, and when the Lord is moving in the earth, understanding what he's saying and what he's doing. What are you thinking and what are you feeling, Jesus? It's not just gazing on beauty. Though gazing on beauty will keep you there because you can gaze on beauty forever and your heart will be alive. It's like, whoa, you are beautiful. Whoa, you're beautiful. Three hours later, oh, you're beautiful. 30 days later, oh, beauty. I mean, angels fly around the throne. Holy, holy, holy. How often do they take breaks? Never. They're gazing on beauty. I mean, it's, and it's, it's enough to thrill you forever. But it's also inquiring, entering into the dialogue with the uncreated God about his intentions, his emotions, his feelings, the way he's doing government in the earth. And actually having that interjection, that interplay with the Lord. The people of God are called to flow in relationship. We've been talking about intimacy, welcomed in to the, the, the fellowship of, the, of the, the Godhead. In intimacy, we're called to have that inquiry with the Lord. That, that two-way conversation. And I am so excited. And I feel like that little Psalm 91, just that little dream we got this morning. Such a help. He goes, if you'll dwell in the tabernacle of the Most High, thousand may fall by your side, 10,000 at your right hand. It won't come upon you. And I just feel like the Lord, again, kissing us with an encouragement that if we'll go into the place of prayer, that there is safety and shelter in the tabernacle of the Most High. Amen. Good. So that's where we're at. I am excited. This is fun. I mean, this is just way better. This is so much fun. This is way better than whatever. I mean, it's just better. I like it. God's, I mean, he's so incredibly fun. Oh, he's driving a car. We're going to Disneyland. Chuck E. Cheese is next. Y'all must never take your kids to Chuck E. Cheese. Or... Chuck E. Cheese is way superior to McDonald's, but it's far inferior to Disneyland. So now you understand my analogy. So here's the other point, and I'm ending. We don't want to be the kid that's at McDonald's eating cheeseburgers. We, there's two kinds of kids that we don't want to be. One, eating cheeseburgers at McDonald's, playing in Playland, and imagining that Playland and McDonald's cheeseburgers are the pinnacle of the trip. You know? Yeah, we're here. No, son, this is not Disneyland. This is not where the Lord's taking us. No, I'm here, Dad. I'm here for good. Cheeseburgers. We don't want to be that guy. The other guy we don't want to be is, Dad goes, yeah, that, I wanted you to stop at McDonald's. It's a really, really fun time, part of our trip, really important for our next stop. And you go, yeah, that McDonald's thing was so stupid. I hate McDonald's. Nuggets. Stupid toys. That was so stupid. Because both, both kind of people exist with revo revival and renewal movements. Some people will not move on. They won't move on no matter what. They learn the behaviors. They manifest when nothing's happening. And they're just trying to be revivally. And it's just, it's not good. And then the other group, they move on, but they're mad about the stop. That was stupid. Yeah, I ate a cheeseburger, but it was dumb. I didn't really like it. 
You know, they don't, they, they're mad about that move of the Spirit. They just come out of it bitter. Man, I don't feel any, I feel so free. I'm like, ooh, things are good. God's moving forward. We're gonna go to knee deep. I'm so excited. Something that started happening with me about two, three weeks ago is I started studying uh, the, the healing, just again, with this renewed vigor to study healing. And three or four of the prophetic words and, 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 the, and the, I'd say the big one that we got from the, the, the brother that had the encounter with the Lord, all of them say that the next thing, uh, the next place the Lord's gonna take us is dramatic signs and wonders and healing. Well, dramatic signs and wonders and healing are wonderful. They create tons of problems because it means tons of people wanna come. And when you have a ton of oxes, the, the scripture says, the stall is totally a mess. There's a lot of increase, but there's a lot of mess. We're so charismatic and so sensational. We imagine lots of people, we're gonna be cool. No, we will not be, it'll be so uncool. It would be so challenging. The grace of the Lord is sufficient, but it's, I mean, that doesn't equal fun. What equals fun is a heart of burning on passion and, and actually being in the car with God. That's what's fun. And then being able to manif- manifest and minister the kingdom, that stuff's fun. But the challenges that come are challenges, praise the Lord. It's a different mentality. Most people think, I'm exciting when I have a lot of people. A lot of people have a lot of problems. I love people, but just look at the person next to you. I mean, come on. A lot of people equals a lot of problems. And so that's how we do that. We love and we serve and we lay our lives down and that's how we live this age. We love and serve broken people just like we are. So um, anyway, just getting so stirred over this issue of healing and, uh, and then just getting the clear picture that the Lord is saying, probably the, I really think the knee deep equals several things, but I think it's a major, major wind of the spirit as it equals healing. And we've seen some healing, but I don't think we've seen, or barely scratched the surface. I mean, I'm excited we got a cancer healed, but I am pretty sure a day's coming when we go, yeah, we had 10 cancers healed this weekend, praise the Lord. And we just keep, you know, blowing it up. Yeah, we actually had 100 cancers healed last month. I mean, I just really feel like that is where this thing has got to go, not maybe has to go, because the need is so great. Amen. Good, let's stand. So I realized I kind of just, I tried to be as, as, as uh, clear as I could be, one, two, three, four, five, clear. But we're gonna, we're, we're gonna actually take last night what Dave and I did, which was a little longer than this morning. We both told our perspective. And we're gonna put that one online as our, we normally put our Sunday morning message online, but we're gonna put the one where both of us are speaking online. And so I would encourage you, even if you want more detail on what the Lord is speaking to us, to listen to that. Um, our Sunday night services, we're going we're gonna to continue. There'll probably be a, a significant flow of the Spirit on Sunday nights. I mean, our Sunday night services have been wonderful. They're so full of joy, and it's, it's probably our biggest single crowd all week is Sunday night. And uh, I can't imagine that there won't be a flow and move of the Spirit on Sunday night. But I'm just so, I'm just still saying, okay, Lord, so whatever you want to do, you just tell us. You're driving, and uh, we'll do whatever. Uh, I mean, I'm really, really resigned to the leadership of the Lord, whatever the Lord wants to do. I'm so excited. He knows how to lead. How many believe Jesus is a good leader? Oh, he's a good leader. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you, Lord. So I'm just going to give an offering, give an offer for a, a response on these ideas. Many of you, uh, the Lord would, would invite you to a season of, of increased time in prayer. 
especially even in the house of prayer, like actually coming to prayer meetings and, and connecting uh, at different points in your, in your schedule. And uh, I am, uh, my wife and I have just started a conversation of even what it would look like for us. We have a baby coming, we have all sorts of things, but to, to make some changes to, uh, to focus our life even a little bit more. And so uh, I want to give an invitation that uh, you hear these things, these things prophetically, and you say, you know what, I, I, there's, there's, there's got to be a, uh, an answer from my heart. And uh, I feel like the Lord's inviting us into that Psalm 27.4 to, to uh, dwell, to dwell before Him, to gaze on beauty, and to inquire. So come Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit.